Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. I'm a Greek from the island of Lesbos. I'm a writer and an artist. Uh, I've written books with Scribners, Satyricon USA, Virago, all on the theme of sexuality and primarily female sexuality. And the goal for this podcast is to demystify all things sexual and physical and to give us all a language to talk about sex in particular before we have it so that um, we uh, avoid misunderstandings and I think in many cases avoid unwanted sex, rape. I was actually thinking, you know, last night because I was re-watching the the YouTube video, and if you people haven't watched it, you should look it up. Of um, Weinstein uh, m- uh, hitting on this uh, on this girl who actually taped it, um, and I'll have to look up her name because I don't remember it at this moment. But um, it's it, her name is Melissa Thompson. So, and what he does is he does this like creepy mating dance while talking business. Right. So his power is that he's constantly surprising because he doesn't talk about it. He just does it like suddenly his hand is under her dress. But meanwhile, he says, I'll take the deal. I'll, you know, like she's like trying to sell some product to him for the for the company. So it's exact. And I was thinking, you know what? There would be no uh, Cosby or Weinstein or all of these like famous, uh, you know, creeps, uh, whoever they are, uh, you know, Spritzer, Schwartzman, whatever, if you actually knew, if we women and men knew how to talk about sex and negotiate. So um, today's guest is perfect for this because my entire understanding of discussing sex has come from the BDSM community. Uh, Many years ago, I was a writer for sex for New York Magazine, Spin Magazine, and so I spent a lot of time in sexual subcultures of fringe communities, not heteronormative sexual communities. And that was what struck me the most and taught me the most was their ability to discuss everything um, fluently and in advance. And, and so they're able to have sex of all types without actually having misunderstandings. So welcome to the, to the show. Uh, you are known as Florida Dom. Correct, yes. And you have been a master for like 30, 40 years, and you go around the country teaching BDSM. Well, I, that's not a profession, but I <laughs> yeah. teach at many events around the country for the last mm-hmm. 35 years or so. That's great. Yeah. So you're going to give us a mini lesson today. A mini lesson. Yeah. And I learn at the same time. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and by the way, happy International Women's Day. I was just looking it up. And apparently it was started by the American Socialist Party in 1908. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything You actually about. qualify as an international woman. <laughs> I do. Yes. I do. And it's celebrated wherever men allow it, <laughs> which yeah. is like the West. <laughs> it's usually Wynwood and, yeah. uh, and Los Angeles. That's right. where it's celebrated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> oh, my God. Funny. Anyway, so only the village, not all been, of men. No, no. So yeah, it's been a slow process since 1908, and here we are today. Um, okay, so well, I have numerous questions. Do you want to start by giving me a little bit of how you entered the lifestyle? What attracted you to it? Um, how you began? 
Well, actually, uh, the first thing I ever saw was when I was in the service and I saw um, a scene in Japan wow. at a private club somebody invited me to, and that was interesting. And then I didn't have any exposure to it for probably three or four years later. Uh, I had some friends that were gay, and I had gone to a couple of the gay clubs with them in New York. And uh, after we really got closer, uh, they told me they were into gay leather, and I didn't know what that was. But they took me to two clubs in New York with them. Uh, One was called Eagle's Nest. The other was the Anvil. And uh, I used to go to the gay clubs with them. Uh, I'm straight. Uh, I wasn't accepted so much when I first went in, but the Anvil had a pool table in it. And I used to make my living when I was a child <laughs> doing that. Uh-huh. So Playing pool? Yeah. So I could ho- go in and hold the table till three for three, four hours without <laughs> losing a game. And I made a lot of friends. And then they opened up a, het- a heterosexual club one night a week called Hellfire. Oh, I remember Hellfire, yeah. Hellfire was opened that yeah. one in the late 70s, maybe 78 yeah, or 7. It's very famous, yeah. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, the lady that's here with me was a bartender at Healthfire in the mid-90s. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yep. Sweet. Uh, I didn't know her then because I wasn't in New York anymore, but I uh, started to go to Hellfire, and then they opened up another club, Paddles, which is still in New York. That opened in 1984. Uh, and then there were several cl- clubs, but with the advent of AIDS and uh, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> yeah, exactly. almost everything shut down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with the classes I teach, now they ask me to be on, I can't understand it, but an elder panel. And I'd like them to have a different name for that. But uh, they have me on the elder panel speaking about the evolution of the lifestyle over the last 40 to 50 years. Uh, actually, it's just about 50 years now. Wow. Um, and it has evolved tremendously. It's not anything like it was. So how is it different now than it was then? Well, there are many more people in it with the advent of the internet. There are many more. uh, The gay male leather bars were just that, gay male. There was nobody else in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There are many more kinks now than were out in the scene then. There are many more clubs around the country. Also, um, now, now the credo is you shouldn't judge. And then the credo was judge everybody, in essence. And they didn't accept people in very easily at all. Um, True. Now any, you're not allowed, you, you have to accept everybody. And that has uh, changed things. I won't say diluted even. Oh, yeah, diluted. definitely it's diluted, yeah. Because a lot of people come just for a voyeuristic uh, pleasure instead of wanting right. to be in a scene. Yes. Yeah. Some people are come also because they don't function well in vanilla life and they aren't accepted, and they are accepted in the scene. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did, uh, on a personal note, I actually did go to Hellfire once or twice. I don't remember it much. I thought I recognized you. <laughs> but there was a club that I went to a lot in New York, and I and I learned a lot, and I can't remember Which the club? name of it. It was in the village. The Vault? The Vault, yes, yes. I the vault. told you I recognized Yeah, you. it was The Vault for sure, because yeah. Hellfire, I have no memory, so I'm not Hellfire sure. Hellfire actually became The Vault for yeah, a little while. Yeah, it was while. The Vault and that I... They um, don't went back to Hellfire. They changed locations. It was, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was it was a great. It's a place. nice club. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. You probably know a it couple of friends of mine who were there almost every night it was open. Yeah. And it was it close was to yeah, it was close by and I loved it. It was They're just a down great here place. now in Florida. Oh really? Yeah. The vault? Where? No, no, these oh. two oh, people your peop- who, are, okay. who were sure. there all mm-hmm. the time. They mm-hmm. were pretty w- well known there. Mm-hmm. Master Conan and slave Tasha. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so AIDS kind of shook things up a little bit. A lot. A lot, yeah, true. And then the everything came back, but slightly... Homogenized. And yeah, and maybe sanitized, a little mm-hmm. sanitized, yes. right? Because I feel that a lot of the talk of the younger people is about, you know, clean up and, you know, p- there is a lot of negotiation on aspects that I don't even ever remember being discussed. Well, in there's the past a big so move much. in the lifestyle these days, and I'm not saying it's wrong After or right. Aftercare, all of that. There's yeah. a big move in the lifestyle these days to make it acceptable to society at large. Mm-hmm. And that was never the goal of the lifestyle. The goal of the lifestyle is do whatever you want to do and nobody else has to know about it. Exactly. And if you want to make it acceptable to society, and this is just the way I think, this is not right or wrong to anybody else. Right. But the way I think is, try to make what you do acceptable to society, not change what you do so it's more like the societal norms, and then they'll accept you, because then you're not accomplishing what you wanted to start out with. Right, yeah. And there is, I mean, what is society? You know, it's just kind of like a statistical term. It's whatever the loudest people, you know, s- seem to present as a majority. I mean, like, and this is like on a tangent, but I, I don't know how many evangelicals there are out there, but there can't be that many. I've never met one. And yet they're extremely loud, so they make themselves appear like a big, you know, heteronormative force. Correct. And, you know, so there may be many, many more lifestylers than we understand because it's just private. You oh, know, there are. People don't want to, you know, uh, make that part of their life uh, you know, mean, public. So the young people, because of this new culture of, like, social media and feedback and ev- nothing secret, you know, YouTube everything, um, they're much more out with it. Well, the uh, the website FetLife.com yeah. has... a just shy of 10 million members wow. now. They have 9 million, seven or 800,000. That's, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, uh, and your member number is the number you joined as. So in other words, somebody joining now, their member number is going to be 9,803,000. Wow. So whatever your number is, that's how you can tell how long somebody's been around FetLife at least. Wow. So what's your member number? How many digits do you have? I, I have five because I didn't cool. find out about it the day <laughs> they started it, but my number is 12,000-something. Right. <laughs> cool. I had no idea. That's wonderful, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how that's a subculture. But it's a Canadian firm. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's owned by yeah. a guy named John Baku. Smart. Smart John. So um, what is the scene in South Florida, and where do people go to... This well, play. I'm not going to give you addresses, but <laughs> it's okay. the scene is very diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost anything anybody is into, there's a group that does it. Um, there are a couple of dungeons, p- place spaces. Uh, one in Fort Lauderdale. There's one in Bra- another one in Broward, and really that's the only two down here. Orlando has a large space. What are they called, so people can Google them? I don't want to give. give them? Their, I'm not okay. going to give their names. Okay. I don't think they want them out in the vanilla world. Also, and you don't know who's <laughs> listening. Uh, okay. 
There's a large one in Orlando. There's a couple in Tampa. There's one I was at one uh, Friday night last week in Jacksonville. I was at another one actually Tuesday of last week in uh, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they were all over the place now. When when I started, there were no place. I mean, 45, 50 years ago, if you were in Iowa and you wanted to get into this, <laughs> you might as well shoot yourself in the head. It's just, yeah. you're not going to find yeah. it. Yeah, no It was hard to find in New York. I mean, it was in a basement downstairs in 10th Avenue. You didn't stumble into it. Mm-hmm. You had to somehow find out about it. Mm-hmm. And so you really had to want to do it. Yeah. To get involved in it right. or know somebody who took you there. So if someone isn't sure that they want to do it, but they want to find out and they want to, you know, get closer to it, what's what are the first steps? Well, the first steps are you can join a website like a FetLife. There's a lot of discussions there. There's a lot of postings. Uh, it'll post all events in your area that are going on. Before you went to a play space, I might look to go to what's called a munch which is just you get together in a restaurant or a food court or someplace, and I don't know how what the average is around the country around here. It's probably 50 or 60 at a munch, uh, and there's one here every every several miles. You have a Miami munch. You have a Hollywood munch. You have, there's another one in Miami starting now. Uh, there's one in Palm, Palm Beach. There's one in Fort Lauderdale, uh, yeah, Fort Lauderdale, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you can always find one near you. You'll meet some people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google your area on FetLife, whatever your town is, and look, mm-hmm. click on events, and it'll let you know everything that's happening in your area. It's easy to find these days. It's pretty easy to find. But get some education. Read some books. I would recommend yeah. Yeah. a few books. Yeah. Uh, one is... Uh, Screw the Roses, Give Me the Thorns. It yeah, uh, yeah. was written by a guy that was a friend of mine, uh, Phil. Well, I'm, I actually have a book here, the New Bottoming book. New Bottoming book. Been, That's yeah. uh, Janet Hardy. Right. Janet wrote that. Now, Janet and Jay Wiseman, who wrote SM101, mm-hmm. owned Greenery Press together. They were a couple. Uh, I know them very well. As a matter of fact, I had dinner with Jay twice a few months ago. Uh, he's out in San Francisco, but they split up, I don't know, close to 15 years ago, 12 years ago, and Janet walked away with the publishing firm. They probably publish more BDSM material than any other f- firm. They yeah. do all of Maduri's books and Joe Bean's right. books and I remember Jack years Rinella. ago going to San Francisco, and there was actually a bookstore that was all BDSM. Yeah. And, and oh, there yeah. you still have. Uh, there's a lovely club there. Again, I'm not going to give any names because right. I don't know yeah. if they want them, but it's uh, about 8,800 square feet. Yeah. yeah. And it's right I've downtown. Been, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and kink.com used to be run out of San Francisco, but he sold the building last year, about a year, maybe a little more ago. And he moved to Nevada where there's no tax. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, first you go to the mantra gatherings, you talk to people. Read a couple of books. more comfortable, and then you find out about and the event. Go and then go to classes. Most of the play spaces have classes for people that are new. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have different subjects every month or every week or whatever. Uh, b- even besides the play spaces, some places like New York has 
TES, T-E-S, which stands for the Eulenspiegel Society. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the oldest BDSM been around, yeah. since 1971. They're the oldest mm-hmm. BDSM one country, the second oldest. How do you spell that? It's a comp- T- It's the Eulenspiegel Society. But if you Google T-E-S, yeah, T-E-S and BDSM, yeah. you'll get it. Yeah. Uh, Eulenspiegel is e, starts with E U. Right. Yeah. Uh, Janus Society is yeah, Janus, in San yeah. Francisco. There's some. There's uh, the Sin Center or Galleria Domain in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's places all over. Yeah. There's yeah. so if you look for your city and BDSM on the internet, it will all appear. Right. And so, especially if you're a dom, you should take the the lessons. I mean, if you're, if you are, if you want to be dominated, I think the most important thing is to learn how to choose and how to trust Correct. and how to negotiate. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. And but and if you are a, a dom, it's really a craft. You you have to learn it the way you would learn like how to be a machinist, or y- yes. you really have to learn the nuts and bolts of whatever your fetish. Well, whatever you toy, like I right. brought toys uh, for you yeah, to so see. Yeah, you I brought just a bunch of lovely. Big toys and uh, there's big, always really classes. Big tools. One so, one is a flogger. This one's yeah, made. Yeah, that's the biggest of, one I've seen. Well, I, really, <laughs> yes. no, I'm talking about the flogger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is what I would call a warm-up flogger. Really, it's kind of thuddy. Doesn't really hurt. Oh, it's like gigantic. a massage. Yeah. Well, it, the bigger the utensil, the more area it hits. A smaller utensil concentrates all the, the energy in a smaller area. Oh, yeah, the energy. So things that are larger don't hurt as much. Correct. Okay? And this is a softer leather. It's spongier. Right. So this is what I so would use. So that goes in a general, in a big area, rather than... Well, you can use it any way you want. When you know mm. what you're doing... It's a warm-up, yeah. Yeah, I use this for a warm-up, but I, you could use only the tips, and it's a whole different sensation. Mm. And it depends how you're using it, mm-hmm. but that... that that you so learn. then the way you you do that, right, it's in the wrist. It's all in the wrist, right. or the arm, it's right. It's kind of a left, right, left, right. You turn the wrist, yeah. Figure eight. Yeah, figure eight, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it makes a nice sound. So some of these, I feel that the sound is equally important, erotically. Same thing with right. the whip, which unfortunately I put in my bag and it got stuck in the uh, oh, okay. cracker is stuck in zippers. Right. I don't want to destroy the whip, but that makes a loud crack. Right. You know? Uh, and what that is actually is the whip is breaking the sound barrier. That's what that noise is, Oh, which is 700 miles an hour. Wow. So when you get hit with it at, w- at, at that speed, when you, c- you use it like that, it hurts. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and you can use it anyway. You can brush somebody with it. You can dot them with little red dots. You can welt them. You can even break... S- Skin, yeah, and cut right. them with it. Cut it depends them. how you use it mm-hmm. and who you're using it on and what the arrangement is. Exactly. And what their um, pain, Tolerances. pain tolerance and they're hardly made and they're softly made, all yeah. of that. Yeah. Assuming you're playing with somebody you're not in a relation with, uh, yeah. a relationship with. Yes. Because that's different. Yeah, you'll tell us all about it yeah. in a minute. Let's go through. So you have the big flogger is how you start. I use up. that for warm-up, yes. Mm-hmm. And then one would move to... I play differently. Uh, I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> well, that's perfect for this so t- time. So I don't play with any toy more than about a minute and a half. Oh, that's great. Some people will play with a flogger for 45 minutes. Wow. I want to shoot them. But, <laughs> but that, you know... 
But uh, that's great. I, I feel, change because continually. It also gives a, a shift to to the bottom. Your, yeah. 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 And when I I teach uh, one of the classes I teach is called how to build intensity in a scene, mm. and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Not having them, you don't want them to fall asleep while you're you're playing. Uh, well, or just hurt in one spot. Or in one of, area, yeah, right. Exactly. I like to use the whole body. I like yeah. to use uh, the calves, mm-hmm. the thighs, mm-hmm. the back, mm-hmm. the breasts, mm-hmm. uh, the traps up here, mm-hmm. the shoulders, everything. Yeah. Oh, the traps are great because that's where your stress gathers. Well, so. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, Maduri is probably the most well-known presenter in our Famous, lifestyle. Yeah. She's written eight books. She, Maduri was staying at my house, God, it had to be 18, 19 years ago. Uh, I had her come in here to teach for the local group and her and the person she was with at the time, Michael, stayed at my house. And uh, she saw me playing with a slave. And I also use, I don't have them here, drumsticks. Mm -hmm. Regular drumsticks Mm -hmm. and other implements like that. And I use them predominantly on the traps. Mm -hmm. And she came to me afterwards and said, I didn't know you knew Japanese massage. I said, I didn't even know there was a Japanese massage. (laughs) She said, well, we do that because that's where you have all the stress leave the body. That's right. When you do that, all this. I said, well, now that I know that, I'll never do that again. (laughs) 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 But I didn't know that. And I didn't know it felt good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like when I go for acupuncture, I'm always just put a couple here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you feel. I do that a lot. Drumsticks. To the beat of the music. Ah, to the beat of the I music. I teach another nice. class called The Beat Goes On, which right. talks about the fact that the music guides the scene. Right, That yeah. you want the bottom to be synchronized with what she hears and what she feels. Exactly. So if it's a bass beat on a drum, your downstroke should come on that bass beat continually. Nice. So it's all one to, to Yeah, them. yeah. Well, the people who actually, you know, have sex with music or to music, you know, that's part of it. It's just like you Correct. get into the... The the music it's and the, the, same thing. the music you know uh, guides the sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my um, the opening music for the show it's it's El Hadra and it's um, Sufi Sufi uh, mystic music. So they dance to it in circles, you know, for a long time. But to me, it's the exactly that. It's the best sex music because it's so much like the yeah. pulse of the blood. Well, it's it's also what you relate to. I run a group in South. Florida, it's the older generation, and it's for people in my lifestyle, 40 years and older. And uh, when we have parties, when I have a party, I play no music recorded after 1989. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) That's great. And and the music is great. The music is great. One of the best scores to a movie to play to is Flashdance. Mm, yeah, Flashdance. Yeah. Almost all the music has a yeah. couple of songs I leave mm-hmm. out, but there's a lot yeah. of them I put in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like every you know relationship, every lover has their own music, and then looking back, you know, it just goes by by the songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Correct. So, um, okay. So, the what is the high for the top? It's, it's different for everybody. Mm. Uh, I like being able, it gets me where I can take the person hmm. inside themselves. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that I can take somebody to a place they've never been before and 
I can change how they look at things and how things feel to them and what what it does to them. That's what moves me. Mm. I don't, I'm not, people think I'm a sadist because I play pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not a sadist. I don't get aroused from inflicting pain. Uh, I get aroused from power and control, mm. but it has nothing to do with the pain. Mm. Uh, it has to do with the reaction of the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's what moves me. So what moves you is complete surrender. It's earning their surrender. Is that it? That's part of it. Mm. It That's part of it. Because I play people who don't give me complete... Like I own three slaves. Oh, okay? own them. Uh, yeah, they belong to me. Okay, what does I, that mean in practical terms? That means terms? that I can control anything in their life that I decide to. Mm-hmm. That the word no doesn't exist for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that any decisions that I want to make or they have to abide by, that I am not a micromanager, so I don't want to be that involved. I don't like to work too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I don't want to have to work too hard. But, uh, and that okay, doesn't but, mean... But, but so, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I don't mean disrespect. But when you say you're not a micromanager, so you're not going to tell them like how many hours to sleep or no, what I don't, to do no. with their children? No, or, okay. I don't get involved with their kids. I don't okay. think that's right. Okay. Um, but I play with a lot of people that I don't have a relationship with, especially when I teach. I'll go to a weekend event, I'll teach, and I'll play with maybe 20 or 25 over the weekend, mm-hmm. most of whom I don't know at all. Mm. So I, they don't surrender to me completely. We negotiate mm-hmm. a scene beforehand, mm-hmm. and it's got to be something both of us will get something out of. Mm-hmm. If it's not, we shouldn't do it. Gotcha. So, so what you get out of that is being able to take them where they've never been able to go. Mm. Interesting. One step at least beyond where they've ever been able to go. That's what I like to do. Nice. Now it's different with the three the w- women in my life mm-hmm. because the rule is that one of when we do something, one of us has to be happy and that has to be me. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. They don't have to like everything I do. Mm-hmm. I will never do anything that causes them damage or harm mm-hmm. physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Anything else is on the table. Right. And you play all together? But Sometimes. Usually I play with one at a time. Okay. All right. And where is that? At a private space? Could be private space. Houses? Could be home. Could be in a car. Could be in an mm. elevator. Could mm. be any place. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So you travel with your tools? You have them nearby? With my what toys? With your yes. toys, yes. Yeah, usually, <laughs> some of them. Because if it's in an elevator, they gotta be nearby. I, well, there are other t- toys. Oh, okay, just okay. You can yeah, play so with you your hands, your feet, them. your teeth. Okay, gotcha. Mm. and you can play without touching s- someone. Mm. Okay. Mind fucks are a mm. major thing. I love mind fucks. Mm. And there, I'll I'll give you uh, an, an example of one. Oh, please do. Yeah. Usually, when I teach. They, one of the classes they asked for is f- fire play because I've mm-hmm. been p- playing with fire for 45 years. It's probably longer than anybody else alive in the lifestyle today. And <laughs> I do stuff with it nobody else does. And mm. It's a spectacular class. And I was in uh, teaching out of town and I let them know that the first night in the play space, the first hour, I'm going to be in an area where I can do fire play. And if you want to feel anything, come on over. So I started to do, and they're starting to come over. And there was a guy about 20 feet away from me 
playing with a girl on a St. Andrew's cross, which is shaped like an X. Right. And he had her uh, restraint to the cross. And he came over to me and he said, would you shave my wife's vagina with fire? Mm-hmm. So I said, sure. So he cuffed her to his cuff, mm-hmm. brought her over. She was gone. She knew where she was. She was in subspace, it's called. Mm-hmm. She was totally gone. I put her on the table. And I said to him, you know, she doesn't know what's going on, but she'll come out of it when I do this. So the dungeon was 12,500 square feet. Wow. With 110 stations in it, all going at once. Wow. So I put her on the table, and I lit a flame on her vagina that was four, four and a half feet high. Wow. 400 degrees. Wow. And it <laughs> takes all the hair off immediately. Wow. There's a guy behind me playing with a girl on a spanking bench with a whip, and he yells out, holy shit, it's the burning bush. <laughs> Well, the whole dungeon started <laughs> laughing, and I looked at him. <laughs> We're in the Old Testament. Yeah, I looked at him, and I said, not him, that guy, but the husband, I said, can I light her face on fire? Because now she was out of subspace. So we said, yeah, go, go ahead. And nobody, everybody says never light anybody's face on fire, which is a good thing for everybody. Not, yes, there's yeah. eye, eyes are there. Well, I don't light their eyes on fire fire hopefully Mm -hmm. uh so i laid out the accelerant from her nose to her chin and i said to her two things i'm going to count to three before i light this you can't move because if you move you're going to get a third degree burn and your face will be scarred forever you must hold your breath because if you don't hold your breath you could die you're going to be breathing in 400 uh, degree flames and i counted to three and i lit it and it went off fine, and I grabbed my face like this, and I said, oh, my God. And she started crying hysterically, wow. crying. He took her out. The next morning, teaching a class, and he came in late, came in about 15 minutes, sat down in the back of the room, and she wasn't there. I walked over to him after the class. I said, is she okay? And he said, well, not really. And I said to myself, shit, I don't need this. I said, what's wrong? He said, she went in the bathroom this morning to shower, and she came out crying, crying, crying. She swears you burned her eyebrows off. And I took her back in to show her her eyebrows are there. But in her mind, when I said, oh, my God, something obviously happened really bad. And she convinced herself that was what happened. Wow. And this was the next day she thought she had no eyebrows. And she was looking in a mirror. Yeah, that's the that's, mind fuck. That's a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You've got that. I mean, yeah, but that's no surprise. That's no surprise. Yeah. Well, you don't know how it affects everybody. No, no. But, I mean, when you stop and tell someone, you know, if you oh, take yeah, a I, breath, I was you're intentionally fucking right. with her head. Right. So I didn't I realize th- the next day she would it, think. It I took. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, for a moment, and this is a parenthesis, how, what is subspace? Or would, would, our, it, would, some, would our... You can ask her if you'd like. Talk about it for a minute. I don't know if you'll get a lucid answer, <laughs> but we can try. You want to talk into this? Or another one. Or another Yeah, just for a minute. So what is subspace? Is it like... Um, There's also top space, they call it, for dominance. But okay, so what is top space and what is... Right in front of your face. Yeah, right there. Okay, for me, it's basically a place in my head where I go... And it's very serene, and I'm constantly craving to go further and further. It's It's an altered mental state. Yeah. And it comes from the release of endorphins and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. 
So, but you can sustain it just by being in the presence of the master because you know that something. It lasts for a while. Right. It lasts beyond the end of the it, play. It, that, uh, that's what I'm picking up. Yes. Right. It lasts. Now, some people uh, experience what's called sub drop, which could last anywhere from 15 minutes to four, three, four days, where it's a severe state of depression. Uh-huh, and that's the from the depletion of endorphins. Right. Yeah, you're so high that all of a sudden when it when you drop, there. right? It's terrible. It's some terrible. people experience that. Yeah, yeah. I that's can why see how that that's happens. why they talk about aftercare. Right. That's the aftercare. Is I don't do aftercare, mm. and I let them know in the front end if you need aftercare, <laughs> I'm not the guy to play with unless you have somebody else here right. to do that for you. So, like, if you have three slaves, one can look after the other. Correct. Right. And aftercare involves, if I'm, if I'm it could right, be cuddling, like hugging, it could be holding, cuddling, wrapping in a blanket, right. yeah, you know, wrapping anything. in a blanket, yeah, because you you kind of revisit whatever traumas, or especially ser- sexual traumas, but maybe other traumas are there lurking, um, right? Especially when you first start. I mean, that's what I hear a lot that that in after. Well, when you first start, you should go slowly. Yeah. Don't. Yeah jump in the deep end. I right. mean, like when I play with somebody new, generally I won't play very hard. Right. Because. Yeah, you don't know what's going to You don't know what up. the effect's going to be when right. especially the next day. Right. Yeah, I see. But yeah. w- however you play, you have to understand when it's somebody's first scene, it's hard for them. Right. And also, when I play with somebody new, it's 99% of the time it's in public. Right. It's in a play space. So I don't care who you are, everybody has body issues. Mm. And when I play with you, you're gonna be naked. Mm-hmm. And when I play with you, almost everybody's gonna be watching us. Mm-hmm. So they're all gonna be looking at your naked body. Every flaw you think you have is gonna affect your headspace. Mm. Interesting. But part of what BDSM does, I mean, part of the uh, the beauty of BDSM is it that it's that. free, yes. yeah, it's free from like the heteronormative fucking beauty standards that are so, you know, extremely limited. Yes, no, (laughs) that doesn't exist, really. Right, right. So it's liberating that way, that you can be naked and you can be adored in... In In whatever state you're in. In fact, there are groups that for people who just like heavy women, there are groups for people who just like anorexic women. I mean, there's something for everybody. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so what's dome space? I've never experienced it, so I really don't know. Uh, You can't reach an altered state because you have to be very aware of what's going on. So you can't, it's it's just from what others tell me, it's extreme euphoria. Mm. It's extremely, you know, I've heard some say, well, we get very focused. Well, you better be very focused. Right, yeah. Because if somebody moves, now I don't want them to move when we play. Mm. Because if I throw the whip at you, I want your ass to be where it was when it left my hand when it hits you. I don't want to hit mm-hmm. you in a kidney. So I, d- I don't like when they dance. Mm. And so I, some others love that. I don't. Um, uh, it depends what you're playing with and how you like fire. When, it's on, when I light it, you can't move. Mm-hmm. Because the fire won't burn you, primarily because heat rises, and I'm doing it on the surface of the skin. If the accelerant goes down below the s- surface of your skin, it's burning up on your skin now and you have a better ch- chance of having a burn. Mm-hmm. I see. So um, 
is there pleasure in holding stillness? Is is that part? Is there a sense of achievement in holding stillness, it's no like, matter what? Like bondage, right? It's bondage without the rope, right? So it's self-imposed, and especially playing with him, you better not move, right? And sometimes you just want to move, right? But then you're risking getting hurt, right? So, but there is satisfaction in there is a spiritual satisfaction in holding that stillness and going beyond what the average I think person I th would do right yeah, I, I think that any self-restraint people show in their lives not even related to this is rewarding to them right and they they they're proud of it afterwards right I agree with you it's the same right. sort of thing yeah well I have long felt and again I am not a, a participant, but I have gone in and out for as many decades as... It's I've early. I'm here to <laughs> 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 um, I, yeah, I have definitely been a solitary passerby for, you know, since b before I turned 20. So, and, and what has always fascinated me and attracted me about the lifestyle is exactly that, how how close to spirituality as I knew it. You know, my grandfather was a priest. My mo my mom's a cantor in the church. I grew up in very, you know, uh, religious world. My great-grandma was like the, the, the village uh, midwife and wise woman. So let's say, you know, more or less witch. <laughs> so having that, you know, so close to me, I picked up immediately that this is a spiritual practice, right? That there is cathartic, something cathartic, the same way that, you know, this, the flagellants in the Christian tradition. Same thing. Yeah. The cross, I mean, Christ on the cross. All, all of that, that we've, you know, which is, you know, the pleasure of controlling the body, the you know, the pleasure of... Not necessarily taming, but you know, understanding the the physical urge. And it's almost like combining meditation and flagellation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Your it's med meditative space. That stillness. Yeah. And I would like to set your arm on fire so <laughs> you could feel it. Okay. I am not good at keeping still, as everyone who knows me know. Uh, I I sway a lot. Then the show will end early. <laughs> So you may have to whatever part you want to burn, hold it still. At least, oops, at least you know, hold it still. Um, can I can I uh, add but that one of the tools that uh, Florida Dom brought to the studio is a knife, and you know I was surprised. And uh, it's a lovely knife, I must say. So I said, what what is the knife uh, for? <laughs> and he said, well. That goes inside of you. <laughs> he said it without a thought. It was just the most natural thing in the world, John. I don't know what you thought. Have you been? Have you ever put a knife inside of a girl? Not oh, yet. Not yet. Okay. Whoa! Ooh. That is pretty. Now I want to light one in your hand. Oh, I have. Should I take That's off the no, metal? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's insured. Mm, it smells of like singed. Something hair, flesh. If there's any hair, it's gone. It's gone, yeah. I smell it. It smells. Put your fingers together. It smells like a surgery, is what it smells. Yeah, I'm a surgeon. Mm hmm. I mean, I've watched the surgeons work, and it smells just like this in there. They're, they cauterize. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just a version of sexual um, sexual surgery. Wow. Ooh. It's all gone. Wow. No, that's a small thing. I that is... Uh, when I end my clip... That is, you know... You're my wife. I, uh, that is visually so impressive. You it's visually very impressive. You have no idea what it's like when I do it in a dungeon. I can't do high Because it's dark also in the dungeon. It's dark in the dungeon, and it lights up wow. the dungeon because I, that was little. Yeah. When I teach, I end the class with what I call the big burn. Mm. Can't do it on everybody. Uh, it's a flame from your ankles to your chin that covers your entire body. Wow. And the flame is six feet high. Wow. You can feel the heat 75 feet away. And oh, yeah. I still feel the heat, and the it's long gone. The <laughs> person I do it to will feel pain mm. for three to four weeks. Really? Yeah. Pain where? All over the whole body. Oh. And they're a willing participant. They say, yeah. I don't, I haven't chained anyone <laughs> down yet, yes. And they, they hold actually still. Hold they yes. hold still. Yeah. But it's only for what? L- not if seconds. We're talking about. It's less than a second. Right. You saw no, how long No, not mine. But oh, so the entire is o- equally it long as the this. whole thing right. is maybe uh, second wow. and a half tops. Wow. It's fast. Fascinating. And so you cover them, and do you have them lying down or, or standing up? Let me show you a video, which okay. you won't see. But this is a young man mm-hmm. who was only in the lifestyle two hours. <laughs> Is he still in the lifestyle? I've set him no? on fire eight more times. But okay, I, this good. is So it, it, he liked it. <laughs> or he's very stupid. I don't know which. Um, well, listen. I, I, mean, don't, I don't like to judge. Visually, it's irresistible, I must say. I don't know how it feels Wait till you see this, if you think that was irresistible. Now, this is in slow motion. It takes about 10, 12 seconds before it ignites. Uh, but okay. you see really with the flame, it starts on his genitals. So he's upside down? On he's laying clothes? on a table. Mm. It, this is actually pretty stunning. Yeah, it's already stunning. Wait till it starts. Let me know yeah. when the flame goes off. You'll yeah. I'll see it's the difference. I see the flame, but it's yeah, not on it's him. It's going to go. It is like an art performance, you know. Yes. You could do this in a gallery. I'll tell you a funny story. I was just asked to do this in a gallery. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah, I see. Whoa. Okay, so it's uh, it goes all the way to his nipples. That one goes to his nipples. Wow, I love the way that the flyer the, Flame. the flames die off. Yes, they, they come up and die. Yeah, they rise. I've had photographers who could do like nine shots second, take photos when I do what I call well a larger flame. And you'll see it on the body, mm-hmm. and then the flame will start about a foot and a half above the body, mm. and then it'll start about two and a half, three feet above the body, and then you'll see the flame about five feet above the body dying off. Yeah, with it's nothing gorgeous. under it. Right, with nothing I under. I understand. It. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. And again, it th- there is a religious aspect to that. It looks like a religious painting. I mean, it could be like El Greco, but in a movie version, yes. in a video version. I'm going to show you one more still. That, uh, but I again, th- it's you know, I think that one of the reasons, and, and I would like you to speak to this one of the reasons that uh, people who live high stress lives like the lifestyle wow, is that it helps you release, um, release all the pressure and the stress, it of relieves daily life. all the tension in yeah. your right. life, yeah. So, 
whatever you do, you know, you go, 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 do your best, and then you just experience. I mean, you're giving it all up. You're just right. You now, know. in a relationship, so it's So when you give all up, you also give up, I'm sorry to interrupt, the stress, like the bad stuff right. too, right? Your body is his, your mind is his, and he's taking you places where you've never been, like he said. So you are just de-stressed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're lifted, right? Correct. Mm. See, on the relationship end of it, it's it's deeper than that. When you're playing with somebody that you're you belong to, who that you love, and uh, see, to me, to before you own somebody, they should love you more deeply than they've ever loved anybody in their life. Mm. They should trust you so deeply that they know you will never harm them physically or m- emotionally. Once they know that, then they can surrender. Uh, the obligation for me is not to exceed a boundary that would harm them. But it's true in everyday life. Like I drink iced tea in the morning, and I meet a slave in the morning and every morning, and I'll have seven or eight iced teas. So as soon as I'm done, she takes the glass and fills it with ice and makes me another one and brings it back. And we have this with five or six vanilla friends and they keep saying why does she do that not my wife and she why do they why does she do that i said she just likes to do that yeah she, it's service you know, i'm old that's why she's just treating the elderly nice they don't know yeah they don't understand that service yeah. aspect but that that relationship dynamic let's say 85% of our lives are vanilla mm-hmm. we're going to movies we're seeing family we're doing whatever business the relationship dynamic is present every second of every minute of every hour it doesn't have to be overt shouldn't be overt so nobody else has to know what the relationship is but they know and i know Mm -hmm. and that never is not there Mm -hmm. and that makes things more exciting right in the 85 percent of life when you don't do anything knowing this, that the stakes are higher, I try to make makes that life more interesting. I try to make that 85% exciting also. Right. Like you do or say something that would catch them by surprise. I catch right? everybody by surprise. I That's say nice. stuff. They ask our waitress we had at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It makes life more enjoyable. I don't have a filter. Yeah, good. I, I'm mm-hmm. having a party very soon, mm-hmm. and the theme is politically incorrect t-shirts the raunchier and more incorrect the better Mm -hmm. and i'll bring seven or eight to change during the night Uh so you collect them you're oh i have dozens but the remember the attention span i have to keep up with that i look in the mirror and i say i've seen that before tonight (laughs) take it off yeah you dress in layers yeah and the the relationship with the slaves is it lifelong or lifelong? You? Well, okay. it doesn't have to be. I mean, people. I've had Someone slaves. Change their mind. I've had slaves with no love involved, with no sex involved, where they were strictly service slaves. I've had. Uh, it's just power I've change. had relationships with guys who are gay or women who are lesbians, and we weren't involved with anything, but it was service arrangement, and you know mm-hmm. they did things for me, and I helped them with certain aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. But, but um, for, uh, for for the three slaves you currently have, it's mm-hmm. for life. One is with me twenty three years. 
Mm-hmm. One's with me 12 years and one mm-hmm. nine years. Mm-hmm. So a long term. Mm-hmm. And it's forever. It's forever. Do you guys sign a contract? Like no, I don't. A lot. Some people do. I don't. Say the Masuk. Last time I saw a contract, contract, there was alimony involved. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do yeah, that Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah. So, okay, let's talk again about the tools that you brought, which are beautiful to look at. Okay, this and, is... Um, I would like to have them more visible. So, we have the, the flogger, the big, uh, bright blue cobalt you, flogger you that you thinner, begin with. thinner blue leather one. So, the dark, the navy blue leather is... It's second, a, l- it's a little stingier. Well, yeah. it'll come later, right. uh, but it's leather. I yeah. also have, I like rubber. I didn't b- bring any. Rubber hurts a lot more, mm. and uh, it's stingy as opposed to thuddy. Mm-hmm. This one's a little stingier than that one is, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like rubber. First of all, it's light. I don't hurt my shoulder. <laughs> the heavier the flogger, the harder it is uh-huh. over time. Because if I play, I could play for four or five hours when I go to an event more and more at a time. Um, and I'm very old. <laughs> so, uh, but I like the rubber ones. I have a number of those. I have uh, truncheons, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. A truncheon is a solid rubber pipe with no hole in it. Mm-hmm. And those are brutal. Those won't cause a bruise. They'll cause a hematoma. Well, and uh, a bruise that gets black and hard and lasts about six weeks. Well, so you you have to know who you're playing with, and that's what they want. And um, this is a cat of nine tails. It's a cat. Some of them have a handle like a flogger. I don't like that as much. This has the action. It has the handle of a whip. Mm-hmm. So there's more give and more action in it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that a scene is a combination of a drama. And a musical. Mm. It's a musical drama. I want fear to be involved. No matter who I play with, even if it's Tracy's with me for 12 years, uh, Laura for 23 years, uh, they don't know what I'm going to do next Mm. because I don't know what I'm going to do next. The music will come on and the song will change and the beat will be different and I'll pick an implement or do fire or do something different. Uh, fear is good. Fear enhances it. Fear releases more adrenaline. Uh, that's a good thing. This is an interesting little t- toy. Uh, I was at a green market in Orlando many years ago, probably close to 15, and the guy had a few of these, and I said to him, what is that? And he said, oh, it's a horse whip. Oh, so wow. I said, really? I said, now this is all leather. This is yeah, Brazilian it looks leather. looks beautiful. This is Brazilian leather. And it's handmade. It's handmade. Yeah. And uh, it's about 20, 15 years old now. Wow. Now, I bought three other things. Now, you hit with the wrong part. Oh. I'll hit you if you want to get hit. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see so how I said to feel. Him, <laughs> I said to him, how much is that? He said, $20. Wow, that's a great deal. I said, 20 I had spent all you my didn't money. You did say, so like, I'll buy them all. <laughs> I went to an ATM machine, took out some money, and I bought two of them. And it's very light. he said to me, he's Spanish. Mm-hmm. He said to me, you have horses? <laughs> I said, I don't have horses. And he looked at me, and he looked at the slave I was with, and then he looked back at me, and he went... <laughs> and she turned purple. He knew what I wanted it for. Wow, yeah. So this is the real deal. That's the real deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's great. Like you can see how the leather has softened with the use. Uh, with the age time. and the use. Yeah. This is a uh, leather paddle, paddle slapper that a friend of mine made, but it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's so creative. Yeah, he does the leather work, and his wife does. The stitching. And the, the she does all the other. The coloring. Yeah, yeah. it's a skull, but it's a Day of the Dead kind yeah, of it's beautiful. Mexican. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I would love that. I didn't bring one yeah, toy I have that's gorgeous. unique. I'm the only one that has one like this, the long white leather. Oh. It's got a white leather hard handle about this long that uh -huh. tapers down a little. Uh -huh. And then the top of it has a, a, a metal embossed slide. It's slid over, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then it has a white leather strap that's probably 30 inches long, maybe wow. yeah, 30 inches. And uh, I was at the University of Miami Book Fair many years ago. Uh -huh. And I went into Chili's little tent that they have. Uh -huh. And this was on the wall behind the guy. What? And uh -huh. I said to him, that is beautiful. And he said, uh -huh. thank you. I brought it to show the heritage. And I said, what is it? And he said, well, the cowboys use that to slap a cow back into the herd when they get uh -huh. loose from horseback. They use that. And I said, really? I said, I'd like to buy that. And he said, that's not for sale. He said, that's part of our heritage. The books are for sale. But what, what heritage is that? Chilean. Like, ah, okay. It was the country of oh, Chile. Chile. yeah. I said, well, the books probably are great, but I can't read Spanish. I really would like to buy that thing. And he said, I can. I, if you went into a BDSM store and could find something like that, it would probably be 400 bucks. Yeah. I got it for $40. Wow. He sold it to me for $40. Wow. And I should pay more attention. I'm always at the book fair. I don't even look behind. Yeah. I look at the books. Oh, I never look at the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I, now I, I know. I've seen books. <laughs> yeah. I look for things I haven't seen. Wow. Interesting. So that I didn't bring. I should I should yeah. have. I have a lot of one-of-a-kind items yeah, that I like. Yeah, but this too, you told me, is a trunch. What, how did it, you describe it? It's this? almost like a quirt. What it is is... I'm sorry. It has a wooden wooden handle, handle and leather thong and that's split right, in half. That split, so two of them. Yes. And I imagine again that it can hurt you. Yeah. That it has. It yeah. Ha yeah. It has gravity. It has weight. Well, it depends. See, you swing. I like a lot of people play side to side. You don't get a lot of power behind it. Side yeah, that's to side. good. Yeah. I like to go from uh, up there down. Uh -huh. So a lot of times, <laughs> let me stand up a minute. I'll sh show you something. Okay. A lot of times I, you spoke before about a figure eight. Right. What I will do is, let's, Tracy, stand over here. We'll do that. Okay. Move forward a little. Yeah. Okay. Lean forward. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, I'm only hitting it once. That hurts more. Right. From up here and down. Right. Than it does like this. Right. That's windier, but the other one hurts more. Wow. Yeah. So, and a lot of the beauty of it is in the way you twirl it. The, the, the thing that happens with the wrist work. Watching him play. Right. Is so beautiful. Yeah. It's the wrist work. It's almost like a conductor or I don't know what I would compare it with. But it's, and I'll great do that elegance to it. And the music will guide how I do it. It could be right. slower, it could be faster, but it's I like to do it like that. It's right. And my head is in the music when I play. Right, nice. Yeah. Yeah. If the music sucks, I don't like the scene. Okay, so this wooden cane It's rattan. Oh sorry. Rattan cane. Yes. 
Okay. That's what they would use in Singapore to punish people. Really? What well, you've heard that they cane the people? Caning, yeah, like forty canes. Yes. Now that this one I brought because it's shorter than most of mine. Most of mine are maybe six, eight inches longer than that and thinner. Is this? No, this is a handle. This doesn't go in the butt. No. Okay. It, it can go if you anything can go in oh your no, butt I'm if, just checking if if your butt's large enough. I <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. can't tell from here. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I'm tiny. So wha- where does the cane? The cane works you, on you the hit. again anywhere. The buttocks. You're, you're wearing the. Oh, okay. It's okay. I know what I'm doing. Okay, I thought you were going fine. Yeah, I could do it. Okay. Or oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was a five wow thing. <laughs> <laughs> Does your pain tolerance increase with practice? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the first time I played with them till now? Yeah. I'm a different person. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I definitely would have reacted. You can just hold it's not still. O- it's not only... Your body doesn't... Because I know that's what he wants. R- right. So it doesn't matter. I wanted to move. Mm, but, but you hold still because yeah. I think that you know the body's impulse is for the muscle to respond I mean even if you think you're holding still there will be some reaction but yours didn't it was absolute stillness yeah well I was doing a scene recently with uh, I won't mention her name uh, but a girl who was very young 20 years old mm-hmm. and had never played before and this was in public in a play space and one of the things I do is when I'm flogging, I'll take the flogger, and they're standing like this. I will take it between their legs mm. and hit them in the vagina from behind. The first time, you're not expecting it at all. Uh, every time I did that, she came off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did she go off the ground, she squeaked. <laughs> it, was, it was adorable. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. So the more she did that, the more I did that. So uh-huh. it was very good. The yeah. people, everybody enjoyed it, but yeah. her maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I can see how it, you know, when something new happens to uh, the yeah. body, you don't know what, how right. it will respond. What the hell was that? Yeah. The other thing I like to do, I just brought one accelerant here, this, this flesh cotton. Uh, I also like to use fire wands, which are ones right. where the ends soaked in alcohol and you rub it on the body and leave behind a trail of fire. Mm. And then you take the other hand, put it out. And you can move again with the music. And it can be very erotic. Yeah. This isn't as erotic. That's erotic. Well, this is very spectacular. It's spectacular. Yeah. The other is erotic. Uh, I also like to do what fireballs, which fortunately was not my nickname in high school, despite what everybody thinks. Fireballs. John, are you learning? I'm going to ask you at the end. What a fireball. It's going to be a question and answer what you've learned. What a fireball is, you uh-huh. take an atomizer and you put alcohol in it. You take a fire starter like I lit you with. Oh, it's over here. I would light the fire starter and spray the alcohol over it, and it ignites and makes a fireball about this big. Now, when you're on the cross with your back to me, you're not expecting this. I do it between your legs. Wow. So that fireball comes right. between your legs and rises to about here before it evaporates. Wow. It's kind of a shock. Oh, no, it's a shock for so sure. So what you can do, see what I use. you don't know what, yeah. You see, don't what know I how use the fire for you. a lot is 
this, a scene is like the stock market. Nothing goes straight up and nothing goes straight down. <laughs> it's a series of highs and peaks and valleys. So I want to bring them up and bring them down a little and then bring them up higher and down a little so the peaks are higher and the valleys are higher. When I use fire, that brings them off a peak because mm. it's shocking to them, mm. especially when it first starts. Mm. Um, the fireball will bring you out. Now, if I do a huge flame, it could take you completely out of subspace. Subspace. The flame. So I that's the valley, and then it gives you a lower place to start again up, with the pain. You get up faster. Right. You get back faster and higher because you were already there. Right. Seconds right. Ago. In, yeah, I see. So a lot of it is controlling the energy. It's all about yeah. controlling the energy. Yeah, of the sub. Yeah. Of the whole scene. Of yeah. the scene, yeah, which is... It's also, you know, the, the headspace The headspace is also... They may... W people think that he plays with them like this in public. He must kill them in private. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what people think. Yeah. And <laughs> what the truth of the matter is... In private, they might say to me, I, that's enough. I can't do this tonight. <laughs> Where in public, they don't want to embarrass themselves or me. Right. So they may go a little further in right. public than they will yeah. in private. Yeah. So that's – and for somebody who's new, they may stop me immediately in private. But when they know 100 people are watching them, they're not going to yell red, which is safe word in most right. of your dungeons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm in a scene privately, I don't have a safe word. English works very well. <laughs> uh, I tell, uh, we had this discussion in a discussion group that uh, uh, Dom say, well, my slave says no when she's excited, so, or this one, I don't, so no doesn't mean no. Well, if she, if you break up with her in two weeks and she hates you and goes to the police and you end up on trial and tell the jury, she said no, but it didn't mean no. No means no, you're going to jail. So when I play with anybody, if they say no or stop. You stop. I stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that makes sense, you know, having your own different safe words and remembering the right safe word when you really just want to put the, you know, take a breather. It's a lot to ask of, right. of the bottom. I mean, at I that mean, moment, safe words she can just be anything. may want to, yeah. I had a friend, uh, and I, we were playing at a party in Tampa. And I'm going back close to 20 years ago. And uh, it was like a safe word. His slave wanted to have an orgasm in the middle of the scene, but she had asked for permission. So she said, may I come? And he said, and I didn't know this. He said to her, you know what you have to do? She said, please, just let me come. And she had to sing Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> she sang it and he said, okay, you can come. Wow. So you can do anything you want. Yeah, you can do anything you want. And you can make it's it so fun. Funny. Exactly, yeah. And I think a lot of BDSM is tongue in cheek. It is. Yeah. It's a uh, lot it of it. Is, it should be fun. Yeah. Life yeah. should be fun. Yeah. And, yeah. and sex should be fun. And we forget that, you know. With we And another thing that about BDSM, again, that's, you know, instructive to the vanilla world is it's not all about the orgasm. You just mentioned the orgasm, right? right? So vanilla sex, heteronormative sex, is a lot about coming. Everybody does their best right. for, like, well, in, in, you know, liberated society for both to come in Non, not so liberated society for the guy to come. And once the guy comes, the whole show is over, done, you know, can resume our lives. Um, so it's this, you know, BDSM sex is about the process. In a sense, it's much more woman 
focused because it gives you time to experience all kinds of things before you get to one or ten you know orgasms as a woman as so a, I was saying, as a woman <laughs> ten orgasms well, yeah. <laughs> not as you a guy. don't know what my life expectancy <laughs> is i say <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you'll go on forever because this <laughs> is keeping you young and you're never bored. <laughs> never bored. So why, yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a, a short break. Uh, this is very exciting, so we'll run ov- over our, our usual time limit um, and we'll come right back. Thank you for listening. Kay. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. This is Big Sex. Death is a visual deceit, like a magic trick. It all depends on your vision and your faith. Death is a flight into freedom. A death is a sensual celebration like love or an orgasm. I love to die. When I die, I fly. Things obtain value against a background of death. My organs push to jump out. I am being devoured by my own flesh. I smell the pungent stench of my own burning nerves. Lights flash in my brain. I turn black in the face. I pound the breath out of myself. I find what now I live for, to reach my very center, my inaccessible soul. It is an endless piercing fall into empty space. This will kill me. silver-tongued head on a platter. A restless, flickering light flashes from my thighs, saving lost souls. 
like a legendary lighthouse, like a lodestar in the firmament. My small, strong, frail-looking body has been arranged for comfort like a space-saving amenity designed and built to the highest technological specification. It contains hollow passageways, underground crypts, secret silences. It is an ingenious hiding place. There is genius in the clotting of my flesh. I am new substance. My flesh is my stigma my shame and my shadow.